Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Let's dive into the Word of God today. I'm excited for what God wants to do. We're in the middle of a fast right now. We are on the first week. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Uh, what God is speaking and doing. Um, I know for me, fasting is always something that takes me to a new level of clarity. And so, you know, I may spend time with God, but man, when I fast, it's like turning on the HD switch. And when I'm going throughout my day, it's like always being aware. You never realize how much you think about whatever you're fasting until you fast it. And then you realize how much you're dependent on that thing. And when I fast food, I'm like, yo, everything is screaming food right now. But it's so good because the trade of that is the reward of Christ. It's the reward of the awareness of Christ. And in that, he brings peace because our peace is in a person. Our peace is in the presence of the Almighty. And so when we become aware of him, when we invite him into our spaces, man, it brings so much peace. And I hope you're experiencing that on your fast. And I encourage you to dive deep, man, these weeks. Really get in to the Word of God. Ashley challenged us last week to, to create a habit. And I encourage you to do that. Create a habit of Bible reading. Uh, don't create a habit where you just read what you're told or you just read and, and to feel good. But I, I encourage you to read with a, a a desire to have a habit of eating for your spirit man. You know, I don't remember every meal that I eat, but every meal brings nutrients to my body. The same thing is with the Word of God. Every time you open this thing up, it's going to speak to you. Every time it's going to feed you on a, on a level for your spirit man so that you can be strong. And that's what we're all about. And this, this word for the year of kingdom come, we prayed over our year of 2021 and believe that God is speaking this reality of kingdom come into our lives, into us as his children, the awakening of his children. And truly believe this, we've been praying over this word. God is just revealing that the kingdom come reality is his word alive in us. Kingdom come is his word alive in you. Kingdom coming to earth, his kingdom of reality on earth it's his word alive in your heart. And so when we read this thing, and not just read it, but I'm telling you, read it and put it into practice. It becomes alive and active. The word of God becomes manifest glory all around us. And so we dive into this. I, I, I encourage you, be committed to the word. Be fully committed to dive into this thing, to learn it, memorize it, take it to heart and really activate it in your life. Read it and say, all right, how can I apply this to my life? Man, I, I'm so shaken by the word that I want to give today. And I've been praying over it and just going back and forth with God because I'm like, God, this is, this is heavy stuff. But I feel like God has a word for his church. And I'm so burdened right now in my prayer time. And just when I've been spending time with Jesus alone, just I'm, I'm burdened with his heart for the church right now. I'm burdened with what he sees and what he feels and what he desires. You see, this is a, a time where God is drawing his church in deeper. Can you feel him drawing you in in this season? 
I've talked to many of you that have said, you know, you feel like God has drawn you to a time of being more consistent in your word, going deeper in his presence, really going after him in a new way, in a fresh way. A lot of you, your hearts are on fire right now. I mean, you are just in the presence of God and feeling his presence like never before. For some of you, you're walking out your faith. You're seeing it alive as you speak to people about Jesus, as you open up and prophesy what God is speaking to your life. As you dive into this word and you're seeing it come alive in your life, you're feeling the the outcome of that. You're feeling the value of that. For a lot of us, there's different things happening in the season, but God is drawing his people to be activated in faith. It's kingdom come. I want to give you a word today uh, to go along with your fast, to go along with what we're in right now as a season of looking at the, the year and saying, how do we approach this year as God intended it? You see, God speaks, and when he speaks, it's a deposit on the earth. When he speaks to you about your year, about you know your season, about everything going on in your life, it's a deposit that he deposits in us. Now, that seed will grow fruit if we allow it to. The Bible talks about the seeds planted in different soil and the one choked and the one we talked about last, uh, last time I was, I was speaking, I talked about the, the word that's choked and the word that falls on rocky soil. And it, it really is important that we cultivate a good soil for God to speak into. But I want to talk today about being disturbed. I want to talk about being disturbed with the things of God because I feel like right now there's such an urgency in the moment. And for all the Christians, I think this scripture about the earth groaning with eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed, for the children of God to awaken. And I feel like that reality is here today, that in our world of you know, distress and our world of chaos, where suicide is on an all-time high, addiction has raised to a crazy statistic, divorce is on the rise Um, And I'm not saying that to proclaim, I'm just saying that is reality. And right now the world needs Christians, Christ followers, to dive into the word, to activate it, and to come alive, to be kingdom come on earth. And so I want to call out to those of you who maybe you feel like you're sleeping, maybe you feel like you're kind of just going through the motions of life. Today I want to activate you because I feel like God is jealous for you. God is so jealous for you. He is obsessed with you and wants and desires a relationship with you for you not to be in this space of just going through the motions. But I truly believe that God wants to awaken you. Maybe some of you, you treat, you know, church or, or your relationship with God as a weekend thing. So you come to church on the weekends or right now we're online. So you tune in or you'll get on a podcast or you do devotions and, and it's separated from your life. But I truly believe that God wants to wake you up. Helen Keller said, uh, she was once quoted saying, science may have found a cure for most evils, but it has not found a remedy for the worst of them all, the apathy of human beings. You see, I think the greatest, the greatest sin that we need to take care of right now as the church is the sin of apathy. It's the sin of being complacent. I think that God is creating a desire and a stirring in the spirits of his children. I feel like those that are catching the flame, hearing the Father's heart, are catching the heartbeat and getting that heart inside of them. But it is, it's, it's not that, uh, it was once said that the opposite of love is not hate, but it's indifference. You see, if you're not broken with the Father's heart, 
If you're not broken for the things that God is broken for, then you're in this place of apathy. If what's happening in the world doesn't cause you to, to go to this space of being before God, of getting on your face and crying before Him, then I would encourage you to, to really search your heart, search yourself right now, that, that the Holy Spirit would invest in you and deposit in you His heart. See, I, I believe so much that you know, me and Ashley, we've been praying over this season and praying over, you know, the church and just, we just have this urgency inside right now, this urgency to prepare, to prepare our hearts, to prepare our leaders, prepare our church for all of those who will listen, for all of those who will take heed to the word. They will say, you know what? Yes, I will get in on this. I will go deeper because they believe in a reality that is unseen. See, right now the world lives with this reality of seen. I mean, it's everything that we see, feel, touch, you know? And so if, if we don't see it, touch it, feel it, then it's not reality. You know, we live in a society where it's all about experience, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've touched, where we've been. And so the reality of the unseen, the kingdom reality, um, isn't one that's popular in the culture. And so when we come into this unseen reality, we unlock something that is in the supernatural. I mean, actually have this, this heart and desire right now to see the church come to this depth where they know Christ. When you look all through the scriptures, you see when people came to Christ, when he got inside of them, the Holy Spirit got in him, they would come alive in Christ. Everything out of their life was fruit, fruit of people being healed, people coming to know Jesus. And my heart, my heart is that the children of God in this church, children of God in this city, know God, and just for a moment, can we just pause? Can you just listen in to God's heart for this city? I'm telling you, every time I come before Jesus and I'm like, God, give me your heart, search me. What do you have for this city? What do you have for this place? I can't tell you how much my heart is just broken as God weeps over this city. He weeps over those that have run away from him, who are searching after things to bring that satisfaction, to bring that validity, to bring that identity, to bring that foundation. They're looking for something to secure them. They can't find it. It's not found in the world. Nothing will fill that void. I think the father's heart is absolutely obsessed with his lost children. He talked about it like the shepherd that leaves the 99 for the one. It's what we sung about with the reckless love of God. Right? He, he, he will kick down any wall, tear down any lie to get to his children because he's so obsessed. And you see, when the children of God become aware, when they become disturbed with the Father's heart, they become awake to the things of God. They become awake to his heartbeat. They start seeing things different. They start going after him differently because it's a new reality. It's a reality of kingdom come. It's a reality where we see heaven. I think if you take a moment and just say, God, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Let me feel what you feel. Let me feel the reality of who you are. Let me get in that space of knowing you, dear Lord. We love you so much. I want to look at Zephaniah chapter 1 today. Chapter 1, verse 12. We're going to read verse 12 through 13. Now, Zephaniah was a prophet, and he was prophesying over Judah, and we see this, um, the people of God had turned away from him. And uh, all throughout the scriptures, you know, we see this up until the exile of Babylon. 
We see the people of God turning from him and putting other things in place. They had put idols in their lives. They'd put their dependency on something else. And uh, Zephaniah was talking to them about what was coming. And so I want to look at that right now. In verse 12 of chapter 1, it says, At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps. This is God. I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent. Come on, somebody say complacent. Complacent. I will punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on its dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. Their wealth will be plundered, their houses demolished. They will build houses, but not live in them. They will plant vineyards, but not drink the wine. As if and I was super strict in this prophecy, if you read the whole chapter, if you actually read all three chapters, you'll see this, this prophecy of destruction and prophecy of the wrath of God coming. And he was prophesying over a people of God who had turned from their first love. They had turned to something else. And the problem is when we read this, some, some of us get like messed up about it, but it's a, it's a God that's jealous after his people and see the reality of kingdom. See, when you see the reality of kingdom, you know, God is coming back for his people. Jesus is coming back for his bride. He's coming back. And when he does, those that do not know him are, are, are not going to heaven. They're not going to the place of eternity. And so we have to understand that and have that reality in our hearts. Zephaniah was prophesying over the people saying, hey, listen, this is what's coming. This is what's coming. If you don't turn, this is what's coming. And then he was talking about the, the dregs the wine that stays in the dregs. The dregs is the sediments, the sediments, all the things of the grape. And, and when done right, when the wine sits in that dregs for, for just the right amount of time, it creates body and color. But when the wine sits too long in the dregs, it becomes spoiled, thick, and slimy. It, it's not a good thing. And that's what happens when we take in the word of God and, and it's not activating anything. When we just come to church and go through the motions, hey, I want to speak to you, church. God wants to awaken you, that this word becomes alive in your life, that it becomes a reality, that you are walking it out. It's not something that you're just sitting in, not just something that you're just taking in. But I believe that God is stirring you to a new level of intimacy with him. He wants to draw you into a new level of prayer, a new level of urgency. I want to, I want to talk today about that level of commitment that level going out of the place of apathy, out of the place of complacency where we're not interested or not, uh, we're, we're not content. We're not content with where we are. We're going deeper. You see water, if you've ever seen water in a stagnant you know, pond, you can know that ponds grow things. Now, I remember one of my friends, he built this pond in his property. So we were out there watching and, and he had these, all these lines running outside of the, the pond. And I was like, dude, what are those for? And he's like, no, that's the way to keep the water circulating. Because if it doesn't circulate, it's not flowing, then it creates stuff that you don't want in the water. It grows things that shouldn't be there. And I thought about that. We are the vessels of God. We are the vessels and God's word is like a river in us. In fact, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, if you believe in me, my word will be like a river of life in you. It'll be a river of life flowing through you. That's how we were meant to be, is to gain the word of God, 
to fall in love with Jesus, to have his presence in our lives, and then out of that space, flow in the gifts of God, to pray with urgency, to pray with the Father's heart, to love people, to serve people. And I encourage you that if this word of God hasn't created something in you to drive you to action, then today's your day to get that fire in your heart. Today's your day that God is drawing you deeper. He's drawing you deeper into kingdom come for you to see the reality. And if this word hasn't caused you to love the lost, if this word hasn't caused you to love your family more, if this word hasn't caused you to give generously, let me just, let me just stop you. Because the word, if, if it just stays at just the word, it's dead. Faith without action is dead. And I believe that God is drawing his people into a place of activation. We are activated by love. We're activated by love where the Father's heart is getting inside of us, where the river of God is coming in us and flowing out of us and the way that we give and the way that we serve and the way that we see our city transformed. I'm telling you, this will be a season where we're gonna see a lot of Christians come alive to their faith. I believe this with all my heart and this church will be grounded in this and work hard at this, at creating disciples who are following Christ and not only the way that they talk, and not only the church that they attend, but in the servant and what they're doing for God and how they're flowing in the gifts of God. And out of this space of rest, of knowing God intimately, that love of Christ manifests on the world, that we become a resource to the world, that all of a sudden they see that the kingdom of God is valuable because it is reality. It's reality. It's reality. And what we see in Zephaniah is the leaders of that time had started to turn to idols. They had God, yes, but they also had idols. They had God Almighty, but then they also had this little thing over here that they depend on. I mean, just in case, like a backup. I think today, how many of us have turned to things of this world as just backups? We have God, we believe in God, but He's not our soul. He's not our sole provider. He's not our sole dependent. He's not, he's not who we put everything into because we have other things that are supporting us. We have other things that are foundation. And I want to encourage you today to look to see, are there any idols in your life? Now, when we think of idols, we think of these images. We think of you know, these statues and things that we put up in our house. But idol really is anything placed before God. If you have anything in your life that's placed above the presence of God, your relationship with Jesus, then that thing becomes an idol. Anything that causes you to spend more time with it or more energy at it or more resource at it, then that thing has become an idol. And I believe that, that God's heart is to break down the idols, that he becomes our first love. You know, when we do that, we, we allow other things to sit in the king's chair. And I have an office right off the, the main area in our house. And every once in a while, my kids would love to go in there and sit in my chair before I get in there. And then when I walk in the room, they're like, Dad, I'm in your chair. I'm like, get out of my chair. I gotta do some work, come on. And they start to get out of the chair. And every once in a while, my daughter, Ane, she'll come in and wanna see what I'm doing. And I'm like, all right, baby, come on. If I have something to show her, I have a video or something, I'll say, all right, get on my lap. Get on my lap and she gets on my lap and we watch that thing together and we watch what daddy has been working on and i give her a new perspective on what i'm doing 
I think this is a great picture of what God wants to do with us right now. That as he wants to bring kingdom reality, his plans, what, his agenda, what he's working on, what he's doing, he wants his children to come in, to come into this space where it's just you and him. And he says, come on, sit on my lap, sit on my lap. I want to show you what father has done. I want to show you what daddy's working on. I want to show you how I've been creating, how I've been designing, what I've been doing to put all the pieces together for you, all the pieces together to bring my glory to the earth, to make sure the mission of Christ succeeded. And I believe that this is a great picture of what God wants to do in your life. He wants to bring you to a space where you know him. I'm telling you, not just going to a church, like, like last week, like Ashley talked about, the Word of God becoming active in our lives, that we are so in it. We are so about it that it becomes a part of us. And my prayer is that, God, man, search me. Search me so that I, you will know if I have anything that is above you. Have I become complacent with things in my life? Have I been complacent that you are not on the throne have you been complacent with putting something else in place of God? That yes, he's a Sunday God, but Monday through Saturday, you have something else on the chair. You have something else in that throne of your life. You have something else calling for your attention, drawing you in. Can I just encourage you? Can I implore you, man, in this time to seek God, to get him on the throne of your life, to repent I think this is a big call to repent. Zephaniah was, was talking to the children of God saying, hey, listen, this is what's coming. It's time to repent. It's a call to get right with God. And this word is not the end. You see, what Zephaniah was proclaiming was for something to come because Josiah, we see in the time of Josiah, the, the king of Judah, he caused all of the men and all of the women of his kingdom to break down the idols. He read the covenant, was broken inside and said, no more. We have to tear things down. This is what I believe that God is going to do. As you become aware of what's in your life, as you become aware, even as you fast and you see, wow, how dependent was I on that thing? How dependent was I on my feed? How dependent was I on that TV show at night or that food? Or How dependent was I on sugar and caffeine? And now you're going to realize, wow, I need Jesus. I need him more. I need his presence more because it's a sustaining power. His reality is the reality that sustains us. So we have to stay in that space. I want to read 2 Corinthians would you turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to read to verse 18. In verse 13, we're going to start. It says, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Come on. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Come on, how many knew that need that Christ renewal day after day after day? Verse 17 says, For the light and momentary troubles are achieving us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 
So we fix our eyes. Come on, somebody say, fix your eyes. Come on, somebody put in the chat for me. Say, fix your eyes. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is on what is unseen. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Man, I'm calling you as the church to get your eyes off of the scene. It's time right now. God is calling his people to be disturbed with his heart, with what is happening in our city, with what's happening in our world. Not to look at it with fear, but to look at it with something that rises in us to say, we will pray. We will prophesy. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of Jubilee. This is the year I have come to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Come on, somebody. This needs to rise up in your spirit that the children of God become awake that we rise up and say wow we have authority we have power and when we get up in the morning when I get in before God and I praise him and I thank him and then I start proclaiming the word of God over my city when I start proclaiming the word of God over you when I start proclaiming the word of God over my family I see things happen because the authority of God is in me Jesus gave the authority to his disciples he passed it on to us and I'm telling you today God wants to wake you up so that you know Without a shadow of doubt, the weight of his glory is so much more than the temporary of this earth. And the weight of who he is, the weight of the eternal needs to be our absolute. It cannot be something that is secondary. Jesus can't be someone who's a sideliner. He can't be someone who's cheering you on. He's got to be king. He's got to be on the throne. I'm telling you right now today, it's time to make Jesus king. It's time to step into a lifestyle where this thing isn't a weekend thing. It's not something that you follow. It's not something that you just get on the bandwagon with. It is something that you Commit, commit your life to. It's something you fully surrender to. Say, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. And when he is in you, he says, I create a river of life that is in you. Therefore, when every time we read the word, every time we pray, every time we seek God, every time we proclaim something over our city or proclaim something over our family, it shall be done. We have to gain new eyesight. I'm telling you, God wants to give you new eyes. How many want new eyes? How many want the eyes of Christ? How many want the eyes of Christ for your heart, for your motives, for your intentions? Come on, God wants to give you that today. Holy Spirit wants to unveil. He wants to take off the scales. He wants to take off those things that have caused you to look at the, the scene, to look at the temporary and get them onto the eternal, what God wants to do. I believe that God wants to create in you a habit of seeing clearly. It was a little bit ago that I was filming and we were realizing that, you know, the stuff that we were filming wasn't becoming crisp and in focus. And I was like, what is going on? This is weird. I don't know if it's my camera or there's something going on. So I went to the eye doctor just to check things out. And I remember going to the eye doctor and putting the big machine on. You know how it is. You know, they have the little circles and he's like, uh, A. B, A, B, you know? And then you have to do the other one. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember A. Was A better or B better? I don't know if you have problems with that. But <laughs> I always have problems with that. I'm like, hold on, can you go back and show me one more time? I'm so indecisive. But I remember him putting the glass down, putting the glass down saying A or B. And I remember saying, ah, neither. I still can't see it. He's like, all right, let's try something stronger. So he put more glass down. He said A or B. I was like, ah, still neither. And he's like, wow, really? He said, wow, you've changed since the last time you were here. 
Now, I don't want to admit how long it had been, but it had been a while since I'd been to the eye doctor. All right, send me an email later about being more on it, but it just had been a while. When I got there, he said, wow, you have changed so much since you've been here. I am having to up your magnification. I'm having to up the glass so that you can see clearly. I remember getting those contacts. Oh my goodness. It was like I went from HD to 4K. I mean, I, everything was clearer, everything was brighter. All of a sudden, my camera worked properly and everything was in focus. It was amazing the clarity that came from getting the right prescription. This is what I believe God wants to do in your life is He wants to give you a new prescription to where you see clearly. And man, that, that, that when you're in the world, you're not of the world. You're in the world, but you see clearly the reality of the kingdom. See, this is where all the children of God have to stay. We have to stay with a perspective, a reality of who he is. That when we see something on the news that's not right, when we see something in politics that's just crazy, when we see something on the streets that's causing all the world to get in chaos and fear and trembling, that we have reality to say, no, we know who our God is. We know who sits on the throne. We know who reigns. We know whose word is final. And so therefore, we are not shaken because we see clearly. And I believe God wants to do that over you. In fact, right now, I believe that God is, is, is giving you clarity. He's giving you more perspective to see things in your life as they are, as they really are, that he wants to give you his perspective. Come on, that his glory far outweighs, far outweighs anything of this world. I want to look at 1 Corinthians. This is Paul talking. I love this scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. And Paul says, he says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Come on, I want this to get in your spirit because I believe that there are some of you that have just been kind of going through the motions, just kind of making it through. I'll get there. I'll get there when I get there. Paul said, no, 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 no. You got to get something in your spirit that says, all right, I'm going to run to win. I'm going to run to win because the Father's heart is in me. Therefore, Paul said, all things of my past are dead. Christ now lives in me. And he says, all right, so everything, come on, only one wins the prize. So therefore, run to get the prize. Verse 25, he says, everyone who competes in the games goes with strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Talking about that eternal reward. See, you're not working for a temporary uh, reward. And even Zephaniah said it with his prophecy. He said, those that are working for, for wealth and working for the things of this world will not even enjoy it. They're going to die and it's going to go to someone else because this world is so temporary. Paul's saying, hey, listen, don't work for the things of this world. Work for the kingdom. Work for kingdom reality. Work for those that don't know Christ to know Christ. Work that we can give so that our city can come to know Jesus, that we can outreach. And when we do, we see people come to know Christ. It's not about feeding people. It's about feeding people hope. It's not about just giving clothes to somebody to give, give them warmth. It's about sharing the love of Christ so they feel God's presence. It's about invading this earth. Man, it, it was said that the violent, the forceful men will lay hold of the kingdom of heaven. Forceful men lay hold of it. I'm telling you, this is the reality of this time of kingdom come where people are coming alive to the things of God. Paul goes on and he says, 
They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it that we'll get a crown that will last forever. Verse 26, he says, therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. And this is what you got to get in your spirit. Because knowing the truth that we are running for eternal, not temporary, we therefore say, all right, we're not going to run aimlessly. And some of you need to make that decision today. Would you make that decision and say, God, no more. I'm not going to just run aimlessly and hope I make it to our meeting in the morning and hope I make it to reading your word or hope I get around to, you know, giving. If I have a little extra, I might chip in. No, no, no. But getting before him saying, God, I want to focus. I want to get clear in my vision. I want to know you, know your heart. And when I know your heart, I'm activated to kingdom come. He says, therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Another translation said, I train my body and make it obedient to Christ. I take my body and say, you're not having control. See, that's the main thing about fasting. When we fast, we say, flesh, you don't control me. All the things that my flesh desires, I'm saying no so I can make Jesus the king. I make Jesus king of my desires. I make Jesus the king of this moment. And when I, when I desire the things of this world, I say no. And it's not just to say no. It's for the reward of what we gain. That's what I want you to get today because God is calling his people to be disturbed. God's calling his church out of this place of apathy, out of this place of just being complacent with where things are, just being complacent with just showing up to church, just being complacent with just reading the word. I'm telling you, it's gotta be so much more. You gotta activate this word, get in his presence. I wanna talk next week about uh, your time with the Father. And I want to break down some of the greatest ways that you can enter into his presence, but not just enter his presence, pray effectively that God's word would absolutely penetrate and, and, and do amazing things in your life and through your life. I want to talk about that next week, but this week I just want uh, to really encourage the church to encourage you to get to a place where you know his heart. Psalm 34 says, turn from evil and do good. Turn from evil and do good. Sometimes we just turn from evil and then turn back and then turn from evil and then turn back. He says, turn from evil and do something. It's the same thing, faith without action. It's not enough just to believe. We have to activate. And I'm challenging you. Some of you, you've been afraid to step out. Some of you have been afraid to pray bold prayers. Maybe you've had past experiences or things that have scarred you in that. I'm telling you, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where God wants to renew your spirit. He wants to renew your faith. He wants to take you deeper in a fire of heaven, that you have the reality of heaven in your eyes, that he gives you a clear vision, that you sit on his lap, you see what he's working on. You say, this is kingdom come. Your will be done. Jesus said he partnered with the Father. He became one with the word of God so that the word could come and be manifest on the earth. And that's what God wants to do in this church. That this season, as we look at how to serve our city, as we look at how to benefit those that are around us so that we can show them the love of Christ, as we become activated in sharing our testimonies, we become activated and leading people to the Lord. Telling you, we're going to see a harvest of souls that Philadelphia will be saved. 
Philadelphia will have salvation. This is the year of the Lord's favor, I'm telling you. And my, my heart's cry to you is the Father's heart's cry to get with Jesus. Get with him. I'm telling you, when you get with him, you gain his heart. He goes on in Psalm 34. He says, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Pursue it. It's again, that action. I'm telling you, God is drawing us to action, to go after him, to no longer be on the sidelines and be like, ah, someday. But it's like, no, today. Today is the day I'm jumping in. Today is the day I'm going deeper. And he says in verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. I want to leave us with that today. That God, he sees you. He sees you exactly where you are. And he wants to draw people that is righteous. Now being righteous is being caught up in the righteousness of Christ. You can't be righteous on your own. I can't be righteous on my own. There's not enough good I could do or amount of time I could spend with Jesus to be better or to be you know, more righteous or holy. It doesn't work like that. All that works is when you come to Christ and fully surrender. Say, Christ in me, more of you, less of me. And when he becomes the abundance, when he becomes the majority in your life, all of a sudden kingdom come in your heart, kingdom comes in your relationships, kingdom comes in the way that you see people, the way that you pray over people. Your prayers become effective. Your lifestyle becomes a river of life. That everywhere you go, people are intoxicated with the love of Christ. They feel something different. Something invades their space. And you're activating the kingdom here on earth. That's what Jesus did. And that's what he calls us to do. To see with eyes that are clear. Get a new prescription. Today, I believe God wants to do that in your life. God wants to take you to a new level. A new level of seeing his heart. A new level of feeling his heart. You are broken for this city. You're broken for your neighborhood. You're broken for those at the corner store. You're broken for those at the restaurant who wait on you. You're broken. You're broken for people. In this pandemic where people are living in fear, they're living in a place of absolute isolation and it's, it's destroying what God has ordained in that what we say as the children of God, enough's enough. That we are coming alive to the love of Christ. I want to pray for you today. If that's you, you say, I want to step into that. I want to be activated. I want to repent today. I want to repent of everything that I've put on the altar, of every idol that I've placed before God, everything that I've placed in place of Him. I just want to repent today. If that's you, would you just pray with me? Just lift your hands and surrender to Christ right now, right now where you are. Just surrender to Him right now. Holy Spirit, we just surrender to you. And I just pray for all of those watching God that are making the decision right now to step into this lifestyle of activation. God, that in this reality of kingdom come, what you want to accomplish on the earth, I pray that you would give us your perspective. God, I just pray over those that are praying right now, God, I release that eyesight, man, that prescription. You give us heaven prescription. That when we see the lost, we are broken. When we see this world, we see an opportunity for God to move. When we see all the, the brokenness all around us, we see an a, opportunity for us to stand up and pray, us to stand up and declare over our city, Jesus, we love you so much. We just thank you 
for all that you're doing, God, but also we just pray that you would stir the fire. Stir the fire. Stir the fire. Let the river flow. Let us look for anything that has blocked, anything that has become a dam to the water from moving, that has become stagnant in our lives. God, right now, I pray that you would, you would reveal those things in our lives. Reveal those idols that are in place of you. Reveal those things we place on the throne of our lives. Reveal them, Jesus. And let us come into a place of obedience and surrender where we give it all to you. We give it all to you. Even if, even if it's hard, we give it all to you. And I just pray, Lord God, for more clarity. I pray for more revelation. I pray for more encounters with you. I pray for more deeper uh, relationship with you, Jesus, that as they come before you, they see more vision. They see more dreams, God. I pray for angel encounters, God. I just pray for anything, Lord God, to come to the earth, manifest your glory. We just need you, Lord. We need you. I just want to turn our attention and pray over our city that God would bring his kingdom down. We believe that this is a great year of awakening, this is a great year of harvest that we're going to see souls come to know Jesus in such a huge way. So would you pray with me right now? God, we just release your word over this city. We know that from the beginning of time, you designed, you designed this city. You knew who's going to be here, Lord Jesus. And I just pray for this year that you would activate your children of God and show up. Let those, that light on the way to Damascus, Lord, that light shining on the way to Damascus to blind our eyes to the things of this world and open them to you. Jesus, I pray that you would do that in the city and that people would know you. God, that we'd see more and more people come to know you, Jesus, and that it would start in us. Pray that you'd help us to be bold, help us to be faith-filled, that as we move, we move in faith. We love you, Jesus, and we trust you. In your powerful, wonderful name, we pray. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.